Welcome to My Digital Life Show with Rob Greenlee for June 2nd. 2013. I'm Rob Greenlee, and thank you for downloading or just clicking play to listen to this uh, show from my website at robgreenlee.com from all over the world. And I, I welcome all of our listeners from every part of the globe listening to this show. I know it's a new show, so we're probably not reaching that many uh, people around the world quite yet, but uh, I'm definitely going to keep you in mind, people listening outside of the United States. This is episode three. This is kind of a new project for me. It's uh, it's been a long time since I've had my own show. Uh, I've been doing podcasts for other people for a long time and on other people's shows. This is my entry back into doing my own show. I used to do the show called uh, Web Talk Radio, and I ended production of that back in 2006. So this is a uh, newer venture for me, even though I've been around podcasting for a long time. Uh, Like I said, I certainly appreciate you uh, downloading this. It takes a lot of dedication and commitment to uh, get access to a show like this. And um, like I said, I really appreciate it. In this show, I'm going to cover just a couple of topics. I try and keep the show relatively short, but the uh, topics this week I'm going to cover are the top 13 things that really build a podcast audience. The Electric Frontier Foundation has launched a legal defense fund uh, to raise $50,000 plus to fight a podcast patent troll out there that seems to be uh, causing a lot of um, angst amongst the podcaster community. And I also wanted to mention, too, I'm I'm not going to cover just podcasting topics on this show forever. Um, I'm going to try and vary it up a little bit, but... uh, My passion and my life does center around podcasting, so you're going to see, you know, a lot of that type of discussion on this program. I can be reached at rob at robgreenlee.com, and that's uh, the last name is spelled G-R-E-E-N-L-E-E. I certainly want to hear from you and get your feedback on this program, and I can also be reached on Twitter at Rob Greenlee. The show is now on iTunes. Um, and it's in the Windows Phone podcast area. I've added it to Stitcher, and I'm going to get it on the Intune platform. I'm, I'm working my way through it. And for those of you that don't know, I actually manage the podcasts uh, for Windows Phone and Zune at Microsoft. So, and been around podcasting since, uh, I actually, I started doing a broadcast radio show back in 1999 and took it out as a podcast in uh, 2004. So, um, this is a little bit of a different format for me being a solo show. I, I never really thought that I would do a solo show like this. So um, I'm definitely going to get other people involved in the show, do some conversations with others that uh, can bring some expertise that uh, I may not have and some perspectives that uh, will add some variability to this, this program to add more value to you. I also want to let you know I co-host the new media show. Uh, every Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and noon Eastern Time with Todd Cochran, who is the CEO of Raw Voice, Blueberry PowerPress plugin for WordPress. And you can catch that show live. It's actually live video streamed on, uh, on YouTube, uh, Ustream, and Livestream. And this is the URL to go watch that show every Saturday. That's uh, live.geeknewcentral.com. 
I have a fun time doing that show. I just got done doing that show. Um, just this past Saturday, we had uh, a great guest on from streamingmedia.com, Mr. Dan Rayburn, who's the executive vice president that manages all of the streaming media West and East trade shows. Dan and I go way back to the early days of streaming. And I didn't mention this on the on the show today with him, but uh, we did a show called The Streaming Media Show. So I did a very early um, streaming show with Dan and actually hosted on my servers. I, you know, back in the early days of my own show, I had I had two data centers with co-located servers that I, I streamed other people's shows as well as my own show. Back then, I, I really felt like I had to do that because I, I had uh, real servers as well as I had um, Windows Media servers um, because most of my listening, my audience was listening to my, my show on in two places on, on broadcast radio. I was on about 15 radio stations and then also um, off of streaming from the Windows Media Player. I just, I got most of my online listeners via streaming, which was really interesting. And it seems like we're kind of coming around back to that again. Let's dive into the uh, the, the core topics that I wanted to cover on the show today. And um, most of what I'm going to do here, there's going to be probably a written component to this um, off of my blog. And this one is certainly one of those. And it was a pretty popular article that I wrote on the, the blog fairly recently. It wasn't something that I have just written here in the last few weeks or anything like that. But it has some really solid points that can help any podcaster that may be listening to this show. And I, I'm pretty sure that most of this audience for this program are, are probably podcasters and new media creators. What are the top 13 things that really build a podcast audience? I made this list just from a really high-level perspective just to kind of give some some really high-level tips to podcasters or new media creators to help build an audience. And it's a very difficult thing right now. And I think that what we all have to do is kind of back up and going back to the fundamentals. You know, I played basketball for many years. And one of the big things that I, I learned from playing a high level of competitive sports was that um, at the foundation of any um, outstanding player is uh, or competitor at any um, level, whether it's business or sports, is that you have to have your fundamentals down, your basics covered first. And I think that is oftentimes um, lost um, in the the aggressive pursuit of trying to build an audience for a podcast is that youth get kind of caught up in the uh, the hype of uh, what the next shiny thing is. And, and oftentimes podcasters will neglect the, uh, the boring fundamentals that uh, need to be exercised on a regular basis to uh, keep your foundation built to build your success. And I think that uh, these 13 things are, are pretty much time-tested. Um, I did most of these things on a consistent basis uh, with my own radio show and have seen these things work uh, with many other content providers over many years of, of doing this. And I've been managing podcast catalogs for, my God, now it's been probably over eight years now. So I've been able to, to build a career around podcasting that's, that's rather unique and, and rare out there. And I totally realize that and I, I really appreciate it. So let me run down the the list of the 13 things. And like I said, this can be found on my blog as well. Number one is great audio and video quality. And maybe this is just, you know, this is the number one thing that's top of the list because it is something that we all need to strive for and get better at. And I know even with this show, I did my last uh, recording with a um, 
kind of like a handheld um, digital recorder. I was not happy with the way that sounds, though. It, it sounded very crisp, and and uh, but you know, you spend a couple hundred dollars on a portable handheld um, recorder, and there's some trade-offs for that, right? So. I've gone back to using my more expensive recording system here that's in my, my office. And it's the same, pretty much the same system that I, I use to do all my, my um, guesting on other people's podcasts. And as you probably can tell between the, um, the, the recording of episode two and the recording of episode three, you're probably noticing a pretty significant difference in the, the audio quality because I am using pretty expensive uh, broadcast quality radio microphone right now. The Shure, the SM7B mic, that's a fairly popular mic in podcasting, but uh, but great audio and video quality is, is extremely important, I think, to build and sustain an audience. And number two is that the content needs to be informative or comedy, or it's got to have some aspect that's fun. So it depends on what your genre is. It, it just needs to be compelling. That oftentimes comes from a certain amount of passion, knowledge, and personality. But what what I really hope to do, and this show is an example of that, is offer great value as far as the topics, the value of the information that's shared just based on the, the years and years of experience that I have in this space and can help others to be successful too. And I'm also going to use this show as an example as well. And I, there's things that I certainly am working on to improve on and, and take this show and, and do all the things from this 13 list, um, as well. Um, and oftentimes it takes time to do that. Number three is, and from my perspective, um, running a aggregator network, compelling and interesting cover art or album art, depending on how you want to describe it, uh, is probably it belongs probably even higher than number three, but it is so important because it is the first thing that your audience uh, sees before they decide whether or not they want to subscribe or even just check out an episode. So, And then the, the other aspect of that, too, is I've noticed o- over the years when I've refreshed the, the, the album art, it does, it's not that you have to dramatically change your cover art. So if you just do a refresh of it, maybe it's what, one thing to think about it is, is that it's a progression of improvement. And that's how I would look at your album art. I've seen shows that had questionable album art do okay, you know, and have medium success. But when they went to a next level of quality in their, their cover art, I've seen a significant increase in their, their audience and engagement and the perception of their program jumped up dramatically. And now granted, cover art is a very subjective thing. So I would just recommend that you you plan for and be thinking about ways that you can improve your album art and cover art on an ongoing basis. And then as you get those ideas, just on on a periodic basis, just do a refresh, you know, and it's, it's worth the investment. It's also worth getting somebody that's that's really a professional graphic artist to actually do that and I was going to going to link to some some resources you as a podcaster can tap into to maybe take advantage of that. Number 4 is being very clear in the the name and the series descriptions of of your show. I would say that the cover art and your name and description of your show are the three most important things that you need to make sure are covered. The fifth one on on the list is have your show made available on as many aggregator platforms as you can. And that's what I was alluding to earlier is that I'm on this path of getting this show out to all of the, the distribution platforms that are out there. And 
there's a lot of them out there that people just neglect to get into. And one of them is a, a network called TuneIn. I would say that getting your podcast into TuneIn.com should be a high priority because as you look into the future, especially if you're doing audio podcasting, getting your show into platforms that are heading towards the car, I think are very important. And, and so as you think about your online syndication strategy, those are things to consider, right? Is where are the trends moving towards? And I would say that the trends are moving towards easier user experiences for consuming audio content um, that comes off of the, the web and the internet in the car itself. Now, granted, a lot of people and most people are probably going to be listening to their their audio content through their phones into their car stereo systems or their car um, Bluetooth kind of scenarios, but be thinking about the next generation distribution platforms and, and Stitcher certainly lives in that that world as well. There's other companies that are coming that haven't been announced yet that will also be living in that world as well. And who knows, we could see, you know, a service like Pandora or Spotify or any of these other music networks uh, wind up um, adding audio podcasts to their collection of content. So us as content providers and podcasters need to really start thinking about those next generation platforms. And you may even consider, depending on what your show is, going and approaching a radio station uh, and taking your show on broadcast. Um, it, it may make sense for some of you guys to to consider doing that and looking at, at ways that you might be able to do that in your local market. So I would definitely consider that. Moving on, the next one, number six, major parts of your show need to include audience engagement and contribution. And as you'll hear in this show a little bit later on in the program, I'm, I'm going to have, um, I'm going to talk about people's comments about my first couple of shows and actually play an audio clip. So get your audience engaged. And I definitely want to reach out to people listening to this and, and feel free to reach out to me. I can be reached at rob at robgreenlee.com. I can be reached in Twitter. I can be reached in a lot of different places. Feel free to, to contribute your thoughts. And like, like I said, I'm, I'm going to be getting guests on this show and, and would love to get like maybe a, you know like an MP3 from you that can be played on this show. So if you wanted to ask a question, and I can talk about that. I know a fair amount of shows do this. We'd love to create that conversation with you and to um, talk about these topics at a much deeper level because I think that other people listening to those questions could benefit from those topics as well. So anyway, um, audience engagement and contribution can really help make this show more valuable to you. So the next one here is meet your audience in the real world and do that as much as you can. There's a variety of ways you can do that, but going to conferences, going to different events, you can have meetups, you can have, get your audience together. I mean, if you're on a trip somewhere, put it out there in your show that you're going to be in such and such city, set up a time to go to a, you know, a, a bar or a restaurant or somewhere like that and invite people to come join you and meet you. It's just a great way to get a deeper engagement with your audience. And I know a lot of podcasters, at least the big celebrity podcasters, are doing that a lot by doing live shows. Like they'll they'll go in and they'll get a venue in a city and they'll they'll actually record their podcast in front of a live audience. And that's a terrific way to uh, meet your audience in the real world. And you're you're seeing big name celebrity podcasters do this very successfully, and it's and it's growing their their show and their audience and their connection with their audience. And that's very powerful. And they're actually, a lot of them are making big money from that um, because they're selling tickets to get actually get in. 
So the next one here is um, guests on other people's podcasts and radio shows and TV shows. If you're a topic expert, um, get out there and, and put yourself out there. Build relationships with journalists. Become a resource to those journalists and those radio show hosts and those TV show hosts to help them create content. And thus, you're reaching that audience that can thus maybe come over and consume your show as well. So so I think those are very important things to think about too. And also create some written words um, activity in your blog or join other forums, topic discussion areas in your genre and your topic area. And I think it's very, very important to building connection with new members that could be potentially uh, listening to your show. And uh, number 10 is being very consistent with the production and fairly consistent with the duration. Um, now, granted, this show is going to vary probably pretty wildly on the the duration part because I'm I'm already at you know 20 minutes now, and I'm not even through all my topics here yet. So anyway, I, I tend to be a little long-winded, but uh, I'm going to keep it value-packed though if I can. So making your show on a regular basis, publishing it on the same day, and being fairly consistent in the the length. Though that can vary a lot, that's one of the big things about podcasting that make a, make it fantastic is that you don't have to conform to any um, you know like show clock that kind of thing that is kind of in the the radio world. Number eleven is uh, join a network of other podcasters um, that um, can aggregate audiences that can thus, if you have ambitions to monetize your show, to get advertisers in your show. So. I think it's a good strategy. I think it's working for a lot of podcasters to to do that. And I think that's a big Uber trend that we're seeing um, around podcasting is the, the rolling up and the aggregation of audiences in genres. It's easier for that network to approach big advertisers to, to pay content providers to produce content in this area. So so I think it's it has a lot of benefits. Number 12 is work really hard to be known locally in your community as an expert and um, doing a show. And it, it's probably getting more difficult now because media, online media is so uh, popular now. There, there's so many people doing it. Getting out there and putting yourself out there locally is a way to stand out too, because not everybody does that. And try and gain some local media attention for what you're doing. And as an expert, and that kind of goes back to getting on radio and TV shows, it's a similar kind of concept. And then number 13 is uh, post your episodes to Twitter, Facebook, uh, Google Plus, and use popular keywords to to describe your programs in your, your blog uh, or on your website, depending on how you want to call it. It's really key, I think, um, it's a little old school, but but I think Twitter and Facebook are going to become increasingly more important to getting content like podcasts out discoverable. So that's my top 13 list. If you have some other ideas that have been successful, please send them to me and I will mention them on the next show uh, of uh, successful strategies that uh, you've seen that, that have worked to build an audience. Um, I don't have all the answers. I know that the community that uh, could potentially be listening to this show has tried a lot of different things and um, I definitely want to share that. It's all for the, the betterment of the podcast community is that we all share and share our, our strategies because uh, not all of us are competing with each other. So, so anyway, uh, I'm going to move on to the next topic and that's the, um, the battle of the Electronic Frontier Foundation to go after a U.S. patent holder for podcasting. 
and their fundraising effort that they just had uh, just over the last couple of days where they've uh, raised over $50,000 from over 900 supporters uh, to fight this podcast patent troll. And it's, it's kind of a derogatory term. I don't necessarily uh, like the term troll because I think it has a, a much more negative connotation than probably is really warranted here. Any company that owns a patent is certainly within their, their legal rights. The, the, patent, um, the U.S. Patent Office issues patents um, through very stringent kind of consideration, though I think this podcasting patent from, from personal audio it can be very harmful to a medium like this. And so I, I support the effort to challenge the, the podcast patent, and I, I contributed some funds myself here over the last couple of days to, to help support the Electronic Frontier Foundation in their, their effort to challenge this podcast patent. And there's been others, like uh, the Berkman Center, um, the Cyber Law Clinic, have also joined with them in the effort to to challenge this, it has the potential to damage a upstart medium like podcasting. And I'm not sure that there, there's really a benefit to this company doing this other than to um, basically get some money. They are not a participant in this community at any level. They, they haven't created any technology um, that they are really defending here. They just came up with the idea of the, a very broad concept of this back in 1996 and and then more recently in 2012, they, they had an amendment that uh, was added to the patent that was approved that uh, covers kind of the podcasting process. So they're in the middle of going after or sending out letters and to co- content providers. I mean, big content providers like CBS and NBC and uh, Mr. Adam Carolla and the Discovery Network with the How Stuff Works folks. And I've heard that there's other people that have gotten gotten letters too. I don't believe that any of these have gone to court yet, so uh, we shall see. But anyway, I just wanted to give kind of a general thought, and I'll put some links to to this. Um, I hope that it gets successfully challenged. Um, uh, we shall see, though. So anyway, I also submitted a prior art suggestion, though it may appear to be a little bit out of left field. It it is difficult to find a prior art uh, prior to 1996 for this because. Uh, Frankly, nothing of this really existed a whole lot back then, uh, though there are some prior art that I've seen. There is a website that I will link to that um, uh, that is asking for prior art to contest this this patent. So, And there appears to be quite a bit of stuff in there. And I did contribute, uh, like I said, a comment in there um, about the, the file transfer protocol, FTP, might be a good prior art example against this patent because the FTP protocol is very similar to podcasting uh, in in how it technically works. At least that's my opinion. It may not pass the the muster of any kind of legal challenge, but uh, I put it out there anyway to kind of give a different perspective that the FTP protocol was established back in 1985, uh, so it's been around a very long time. But it basically does the same thing. It's the the basics are ordered files being either manually or automatically transferred over the internet between computer devices with storage capability. So um, that could be media files. It could be you know text files. It could be a lot of lot of different types of files. But that is the case with podcasting as well. So it is kind of a, you know, an ordered file is, could be, you know, the episodes of a show, right? So anyway, I, 
also put a link to that uh, resource too, and I will add that to my blog post at uh, robgreenlee.com. So let's uh, let's kind of move towards the the last part of the show. I have a few comments on last week's episode that came in. Um, the the last week's show was is podcasting the same as radio was the question. And um, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and check it out. I did hear a uh, a podcast that commented on um, my comments, so I always like to have that where a podcast that comments on the topics of another podcast. And we'll do that as much as I can. And I really encourage podcasters to to comment about my thoughts here. And I will play those comments back. And let's uh, let, let's do that. The show is uh, Speaking of That. And this podcast is hosted by Robert Kimi. And uh, let's, let's listen. Last week about is podcasting radio, basically. Is it, is it internet radio? And the guy, I can't remember his name. I feel terrible. But he's the... Uh, He's like the podcast guy from Microsoft. He gets all the podcasts into Zune. He finds out about them. He talks to podcasters. He gets them all into the Zune store. So people who have Microsoft, you know, Windows phone and all that, they can easily subscribe to these podcasts. And he's a pretty cool guy. And I'll put his, I'll put a link to his uh, blog and his podcast in the show notes. If I, I just can't remember his name right now. But, um, you know, his, his answer was, no, it's not. And he even said things like, you know, this is a podcast, do whatever you want. You don't have to do the traditional thing of, you know, having a little jingle when you come back in or having, you know, it's not like that. You don't have to have that. You don't have to have those stupid format things like you play a little music and then suddenly you're listening to blah, blah, blah. Well, people know what they're listening to because they loaded it into their freaking device. And and that's what podcasts... When, when podcasts came out, that's what it was about, bucking the system, doing something different, get, breaking away from re- traditional radio. It, it, that's what it was. I mean, if anybody says different, I won't punch them in the nose because it was about doing your own thing. What we did as podcasters, all of us, you included, you know, we 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 do things that are still kind of radio. We try to do it at least we put in music. Like, like we all have music at the beginning of our shows because Hey, that's the way you do it. That's the way it was. I don't have it on this one. You you know what? I'm going to have to start listening to the beginning of the show because I didn't notice that. No, there'll be nothing. There'll be nothing just because it'll just just be us talking. You're going to buck the system in within the system. No, it's just, I don't have, I'm not going to put it in unless I have something good. Like I'm not going to go out and get pod safe music to put in there. What I would like to do is get Brian Page to do it, but I can't, you know, I'm not made of money. So, I mean, he, he's a professional. He he requires payment in order to right, produce right. A, a custom song, and he but should. You don't wanna, yeah, and I, I think that if, don't do it just, you know, like, don't do it just because you have to. You know what I mean? You don't feel like you have to. Like you said right now. Right. You don't, you don't have the money to do it, basically. I, I don't think and, for and, this one I Because you do I this do. for free. You, you, this is, this is, you don't get paid to well, do it. Well, not only that, this stuff. one is my personal. This is just, this is like a personal thing. It's me talking to someone else. And right. never once have I ever, you know, called you up on Voxer or whatever. And suddenly music plays and then we can have a conversation. I want to say thank you to Robert and his co-host uh, for the uh, the nice comments. 
about my thoughts on uh, is podcasting the same as radio. Those guys went, went into a little bit more detail later in their program about this, uh, this topic. Um, but I just wanted to play a snippet from the show. They can play snippets from, from my show if they choose to, too. I want this to be a very open scenario for all of us to, to exchange information with our audiences um, on what the people's thoughts are. And this is an example of that. So we also had a few other text comments that were posted to the robgreenly.com blog. And Michael Wolf, who uh, is in the middle of doing what's called the Podcast Project, uh, he's a local guy in the Seattle area here, who wrote an article uh, for Forbes covering the podcast space. Uh, he has his own podcast. It's called Next Market. And it's at nextmarket.co. Uh, and, and you can follow. He's talked with some of the, the leading uh, minds in podcasting today. I've actually was on his show uh, once as well. But he's he's talked to some very, really, really smart people in this space. I would highly re- recommend that you go check out his show. But he posted in comments, Rob, glad you were doing this. And he said he really enjoyed the post on Google Plus and liked that uh, I'm using this podcast to give my thoughts keep them coming. Well, thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. And I'm actually going to have lunch with him next next week. And we're going to talk podcasting in greater detail. I also got a comment from J.D. Sutter, who says, Rob, I enjoyed the topic. Uh, looking forward to hearing what you uh, share in upcoming uh, shows. As for the topic of the episode, I shared a lot of my feelings on this um, in my own blog. Uh, uh, radio and podcasting have many similarities, but are very different. I had also explored similar thoughts on, on my own blog a while back and that you might find fascinating. His blog is at www.jdsutter.me. He has a comment about um, podcasting as an apparatus for communication. And he also said, I, I really enjoyed the new media show and keep up all the great work and thanks for all you're doing for the world of podcasting. Well, thank you, JD, for the, the nice words and comments. That's all I got for this week. I'm Rob Greenley. I'm the podcast guy on Windows Phone at Microsoft. Thanks again for listening to my thoughts here. Next week, I'm planning to get some other voices into this program to talk about the the topic that I'm going to focus on next week, and it's the globalization of podcasting and what it means for podcasting's future. There's been a few others in the podcasting space that have covered a little bit of this topic. I, I want to dive into it at a deeper level. And I do have a blog post coming on on this topic uh, that will come out next week, right along with the uh, the new episode. It probably come out before the episode comes out. Like I said earlier in the show, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this topic and other topics that you think are important. And let me know on Twitter at uh, at Rob Greenley or in the comments area of robgreenlee.com. If you're a podcaster and you want to get your podcast on Windows Phone or in the Zune software, which is still available at uh, zune.net, then shoot me an email to podcasts at microsoft.com. I can also be found on Google+, LinkedIn, and Facebook, or just email me to rob at robgreenly.com. So take care. And like I said, thank you very much for listening and I hope to have you back listening next week on my digital life. Take care. Bye.